For our gospel reading this morning, we go to the Gospel of John, book 15, or chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burnt. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the grace of Jesus Christ be with you all. So there was a Monday when I had been serving in Cambodia. It was towards the end of my year. I'd been there maybe 10, 11 months. And there was, there was a Monday when I, I walked to the school where I teach at and I was a little bit early. And so I, I found a bench and I sat down in the shade trying not to get too sweaty before I was about to go teach English to these little ones. And I thought maybe I would, you know, go over my lessons plans and show up extra prepared to class. But that's not quite what happened. You see, a couple seconds into sitting on that bench, three of my favorite sixth graders, I don't have favorites, but the, we were friends, um, three sixth graders came up to me and started talking to me about my weekend. They were using an English phrase I had taught them the week before, what did you do this weekend? And we were talking. And as we were conversing, they noticed this new tattoo on my wrist. I had just gotten it that weekend, so it was the first time they were seeing it. And they asked me what it said. And this tattoo, I know you probably can't see it, but in Khmer, the Cambodian language, it says Prayakun. And so when some Cambodians ask you what your Khmer tattoo says, you get a little nervous because I had double-checked my spelling a couple times, but the fact that they didn't know what my tattoo said <laughs> made me pretty nervous. I said, I said, well, it means Prayakun, which to... Um, English translation is the word grace, but I quickly learned what the hiccup was. You see, Cambodia isn't traditionally a Christian country, and so um, they didn't have a word for grace until Christianity um, was sort of sent to the, to the country through missionaries. So missionaries made up a word for grace, and they did so by smushing together the word for God and the word for expanding. So grace in Khmer is God expanding, but if you aren't Christian, if you don't know that, it's kind of a funny phrase to have tattooed on your arm. So these girls looked at me a little bit confused as I tried to explain the concept of grace to them, that it was this free gift given by God that tells you that you're okay, that nothing you do can separate you from the love of God, but that also expands peace and justice throughout the world. And one of them looked very confused. She said, teacher, I, I don't understand. 
And so I started fumbling over my words a little bit more, trying to explain God expanding equals grace in Christianity. And she says, no, 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 I understand grace, but I didn't know that you were a Christian. And I said, yep, I'm, I'm a Christian. Are, are you a part of a faith tradition? And one of the girls said that she was Buddhist, went to the temple a lot. Um, one of the girls said she didn't really know. And, and this particular confused friend of mine said, no, teacher, I just didn't know you were Christian because, well, Christians are mean. She said that there had been some Christian missionaries that went to their village a few years back, and she said that they walked past their houses with looks of disgust on their face, that they refused to eat in the one restaurant in our village that when you went to their gatherings, you had to memorize Bible verses before you were given the medical supplies they had brought, made much more difficult by the fact that they expected them to memorize Bible verses in English, and I was this town's first English teacher. So she said, I am confused that you're a Christian because you, you're not what I expect when I think of a Christian. So we started talking about how Christianity sort of like everything else in life, isn't necessarily the experience she had, that those, those missionaries weren't representing core Christian values, and that, that Christianity was about the love and grace of God. And, and however people act, myself included, doesn't change grace. It doesn't change who God is. And as we, we were talking, she, she looked at me kind of sheepishly, and she whispered, so, does this mean that I'm allowed in church too? What is to stop me from being baptized? That question in our text today by the Ethiopian eunuch and my young friend's question about being welcome in church is really the same question. Could I maybe fit in here? Two. And the Ethiopian eunuch is almost a fantastical story. This Ethiopian eunuch is a foreigner who's slave to the queen, but somehow also wealthy enough to ride in a carriage. This person has been castrated and no longer fits into the category of man or woman in a clean way. This person is riding on the road, reading scriptures, and is approached by Philip after a brief conversation, they believe in Jesus Christ, and so they ask to be baptized. It's a fantastical story, but the question is so simple. What is to stop me from being baptized? It's so innocent and yet gives so much power to Philip. Asking Philip, is your God big enough to love me too? And this question matters. It's still being asked today all the time. When we baptize people in the Lutheran church, we read the words, name Ethiopian eunuch, child of God. You have been sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. When we have babies and youth and adults who want to be baptized, we stand together as a faith community and declare them sealed by the Holy Spirit. We declare them with God forever, and that, my friends, is not a small thing. 
In baptism, we abide with God. Our gospel reading this morning talked all about abiding with God. To abide with God means to walk through life knowing that you are never alone. To abide with God is to build a home with God, to unpack those nice, neat, clean, shiny boxes of the times that you thought of people before yourselves and sacrificed something for another person, all the times you went to church. But it's also to unpack those tattered and tired boxes, the ones full of our loneliness or our shame or our grief or our anger, to unpack those boxes with God and trust that God isn't going to move out. To be baptized, to be a Christ follower, is to abide with God. And so when the Ethiopian eunuch, an outsider who's quite different and unexpected for Philip, asks, what is to stop me from being baptized? He's asking Philip, will God claim me too? Will the Holy Spirit sign me with the cross of Christ? And here's the thing, church. While it's the Holy Spirit that does the sealing, Philip is the one who gets to answer. It's Philip, it is the church, it is Christians, it is you and me who get to answer that question. Those who are abiding with Christ are called to open the door and invite others into the house. And you see, the Ethiopian eunuch's identity in this text is a little all over the board. They are both a slave and have access to wealth. The eunuch is in a foreign land, they would have looked different than the people um, that Philip was used to seeing, but they're also coming from the temple and reading the scriptures of the Israelites, implying possibly faith-based connection. They do not have a clear gender identity. They don't have a familial identity. We don't know who or if they're going home to anyone. The eunuch represents, in many ways, not one specific person, but encompasses all that Philip wouldn't have expected to meet on that road. All the people Philip might not have wanted the Holy Spirit to call him to. All the people that we might not expect or want to see as sealed by the Holy Spirit. And yet... They long to be a part of the church, to be a part of God's people. So they ask, what is to stop me from being baptized? Is there anything big enough that your God won't accept me? And they were baptized. That is what it is to be claimed by God, to walk around the world seeing the possibility of grace, love, and resurrection to follow God without rationality or reason or restraint. Philip could have thought up 100 reasons to not baptize the eunuch right there, and some of them would have been logical, but he doesn't. He looks on the eunuch with grace, and he sees God's resurrected world the way the eunuch is seeing it, the way that the gospel declares it. His view of God has expanded enough to see everyone as claimed by God. And in that resurrected world, nobody has to ask if they can be baptized. But until that day comes, we are all called to answer with Philip enthusiastically, nothing. There is nothing that can stop you from being baptized. Nothing can stop you from being sealed by the Holy Spirit. Come, abide with God, abide with us. 
You see, during the transition process, it's become clear that UDLC wants to become a more diverse place, that welcome is one of our core values, and yet there's a recognition that as a congregation, some people, some identities might not feel welcome here, that perhaps the Ethiopian eunuch wouldn't fit in at UDLC. And yet we are called to be a place where we can abide with God together. So we must widen our welcome of ourselves and of others so that grace might meet the most hidden pieces of us and the most hidden people. So that we can expand our view of who's welcome in God's house, who's welcome to abide. You see, a couple weeks after the tattoo conversation with my sixth grade friends, it dawned on me that they had sealed me with the sign of Mianukwat Village long before I realized it. Those three girls had taken me crab hunting in the rice fields, shown me how to do it, and then when I fell over dramatically into the mud, they all jumped in the mud with me so I wouldn't feel alone. They had gone with me to the restaurant and explained to the restaurant owner how I took my coffee because my kamai wasn't quite good enough to order it yet. Despite trying each week, the woman would bring me coffee the way I liked it because those girls translated for me. They would lend me money for snacks at school when they could tell that I hadn't eaten breakfast, and they could tell both because I was cranky and because we had one restaurant in the village, so if they didn't see me there, they would know. They always participated in class, even if my lesson plan wasn't going well, helping me to feel a little bit less like a failure. They taught me how to dance the Niking Jung, which was a dance craze at the time, so that when I went to parties, which they always invited me to, I felt like I fit in just a little. And (laughs) when there was a giant snake in my classroom that sort of cornered me by my desk, they ran around the building to unlock the window so I could hop out and then walked me home and tried to help me stop crying from the fear of the event. You see, these three sixth graders sealed me with the sign of our village long before they knew me, long before they knew I was Christian, and certainly with full knowledge that I did not fit in. I didn't look like anyone else there, and I never knew what I was doing. All because I happened to abide in their village, I happened to plop myself into their lives, And they had the imagination to include me in their world, to let the details get figured out along the way because they believed something good would happen from our friendship. And that's what we're called to do. And those three girls, they did such a good job, I never had to ask if I belonged. Amen.